Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimiger and Harav Nissen. We are here looking forward to try to create a little awareness, a little positive awareness into the emotional and mental health. And with Siat and we should be able to give, create a little light. The number to call in to ask your question is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. Thank you, and really looking forward to taking your comment or your question, any one of the above. Ravnison, just when we called in, you told me that there was a nice message. I was honored. What was that call okay. that we received and from so where? We got, a, we got a phone call from uh, uh, a mister in, uh, in England, UK, and he just said that... Uh, you uh, you saved his life and his family basically that uh, all the the programs and this giving the chizuk and giving the all the ability to start facing uh, the truth and reality for his family and what what he had you know suffering it was amazing very very uh, touching uh, message he, he didn't want to be on air but he, he told me to pass it uh, through the radio. Thank you. And to put a huge smile on my face yes. just to get feedback is something that's very important, Bar Hashem. Yes. All right. So the number again to call and ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And, of course, Rav Nissen, as we know, without you, none of this would happen without you being on with me as a co-host. We would not uh, be able to do this. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I thank all the listeners and everyone calling in. Okay, so we'll start with Mr. N. Mr. N, here on the air with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hi, Mordechai. Your show is very informative. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Uh, it is. Yeah. Close. I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, maybe ahead. you can shed some light regarding a relative, an older person. They recently put up a big fuss with eating. Yes. person is almost hardly eating nothing to losing a lot of weight to extreme levels. I wonder if you can say a little bit about it, what this is and how to deal with it. And uh, I can give you a couple bits of background. Yeah, I would appreciate it, because let, let me just share with you, like when you phrase the question... Many times people would jump to, like, one conclusion that it might be an eating disorder. But before I jump to that, I would usually recommend a full medical scan. means do the blood work, do everything, because sometimes if people take a certain treatment or a certain even vitamin that might not agree with the person's body, people don't realize that vitamins, the reason why I believe in vitamins, that it helps, is because it actually does something. And sometimes these things don't go well with the person. So, so let me give a little bit more information. I'm talking about a person in their 80s. Okay. So that also can happen. They could be taking a certain medication. People in their 80s are taking different certain medications, which can right. affect their appetite. So, so this person had recently gone through a surgery, and they've been put into a rehab. The person is really, really frustrated with, the, with not being home, very angry and fights to go home, but uh, apparently the person has to be there. That's one piece of information. The other one is this person was always um, a little bit more focused on on eating, on being skinny or not being fat, and sadly laughing, one of the nurses was giving this person ice cream, and the person said they won't eat it because they don't want to become fat. Wow. But so this right is now person this person came there. to a point which is almost not eating anything. Wow. Wow. So uh, the family is kind of like don't know how to deal with it, and I wonder if you have any information on this. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate now again with what I said and just to create an awareness. And maybe I can help out a little with this. When people are reaching their more senior years, 75, 80, 85, 90, just to create an awareness of people listening and for those that have parents at those ages, because many times you're now dealing with sometimes, unfortunately, hospitals or sometimes assisted living 
or you know they can just fall and, and break bones like this happens a lot unfortunately at that age we start thinking like they're losing it like there's something wrong with them exactly with what you're sharing that they don't want to eat and it's actually not the case what they're finding more and more is that as our body gets older the system slots start slowing down which we see it all over losing appetite is extremely normal at that age getting grumpy is extremely normal now what they're discovering is that the part of the brain which is like when someone goes into the depression like the dopamine and the hormones which create happiness and excitement also start slowing down so at that age they can get depressed they could get a lot more anxious for no reason at all just because the age and the body start slowing down a little and the same is the appetite unfortunately many people at that age are claiming they don't taste anything they don't taste the food they don't feel hungry the emotional part that drive that energy that excitement just like ADHDs can eat all the time because there's a speed to them when people slow down when they're getting older it it unfortunately can calm them down too much and now they're not having an interest so what i'd like to clarify is that again forgive me those that are listening cuz some people can't stand when i mention medication but simple common medications and the doctors knows which ones they give it to them they right away get a development to eating they're calmer and they're happy and they're more relaxed and they even have more a will to try to fight for life again so i'd like to create an awareness i feel your question is great instead of jumping to eating disorders at 80 no let's recognize that the brain the body i've seen a lot of that i've guided a lot of a lot of you know many times when clients are coming to me and they're in their 40s 50s 60s and they go well, they don't know what to do with their parents they're always so healthy so well and it's a major oh that sandwich generation of the baby boomers they've got children to take care of still at home they've got married children to take care of and they've got grandchildren to take care of and now they have their parents to take care of and just to be aware that the doctors know about it speak to the doctors and there could be just be whichever medication they might recommend you can see an instant change within a week or two once the older people will take that medication so again i'm not a doctor i can't prescribe it, but it's a social worker yeah it can be along those lines but sometimes they don't they have other ones let the doctor work with it cuz usually when people under 80s they're taking several medications and you need to know which one is which but any doctor that deals with the geriatric population that means the people when they're getting older this is so common that they know what to prescribe and many times the families don't want to prescribe cuz they're saying what my mother my father should take medication they're not crazy you're right they're not just recognize that the brain stops creating just like when the body slows down some of the hormones that the brain needs to work slows down and now we lose our appetite and we get down and we get very tense and you know sometimes we say oh those groggy old people a simple medication can help that okay so you won't link it to a person being in their entire life focused on not becoming fat and and being is an important part of their I would uh, way of life. Now what I would link it is as follows. If a person was worried about their weight all their life but recognize they still ate normal, what happened at 80? No, you know, they, they haven't that... ate normal. They were always this person was weighing himself every single day twice a day for years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that's not it. I'm just creating number one for an awareness. that it's okay. possible that what she had and now that the brain is slowing down you know what I would even recommend the family is if let's say she's in a rehab or any of those places just go in and just speak to these sometimes they have one in a room two in a room just go down the rooms and speak to anyone that's got a person there that's older than the age of 80 and find out uh-huh. if they have an issue with the appetite uh-huh. you're probably going to find 6 out of 10 people are going to tell you yes somewhere along the line their parent did not want to eat or their whatever didn't want to eat i just want uh-huh. to create the awareness that there's something that those that do it alone they don't want to think about it or they're not aware of it and that's this program is to create an awareness oh okay that's a good idea yeah so what you'll find out that when they start getting fetchy they start getting groggy they start getting tense at everyone many times it's a sign that the brain is now making less of that hormone that's needed less of it and the doctor prescribes and the doctors deal with it all the time and they know which ones are good for what depending on what medications they're taking and that can help out 
Also to be aware that it could also be certain medications cause these feelings. I'll share with you another story with Dr. Abraham Tversky. We had him on the radio many years ago, and he shared a story, and I heard it from him another time as well, where he said that he was in medical school, and he started getting depressed, and he figured he'll fight it. And it was going on for about two months that he finally went over to the professor, and he says, Professor, I want to drop out of medical school. He said, why? He said, I've been sleeping about 12 to 13 hours. I've been feeling very down, very overwhelmed. I'm not able to study. I'm not, I'm not doing well on tests, and I want to drop out of it. So he asked him, and I realized Dr. Tversky is in his older years, so this is going back way back when, and the doctor asked him, well, let me ask you something. Are you taking any medication recently? No. And he went through a whole list of things, and he said, and it came out that he was taking, I think he said it was either for the hay fever or for allergies, he started taking one of those, you know, over-the-counter medications. And this is, again, going back probably 50 years, 60 years. He said, why don't you stop taking it before you get off the, before you, you know, take a sabbatical, take a break of a semester. And so within two weeks of stopping to take that, he was back to himself. And Dr. Tversky was the first one that always tells therapists, before we judge, before we go into psychological disorders, first find out are they taking medication, are they taking anything that could be physically causing it before we go down the emotional health. And that's something that I would want to recommend, not saying that it might not be all their life having it, and then saying, unfortunately, when you get older, if you think about it, you worry about it that much, that will happen, which it might be. But I first would like to create the is it might be medication-based. They could be taking mm. medication that can cause depression or an appetite suppressant that they don't have a desire to eat. It could be something that might be triggering a certain emotion or fear or anxiety and they're worried about gaining weight. They might be speaking funny. Just first find out about medication because they take so many medications when they get older. Baruch Hashem, we have it that we're able to be alive with it, but some of the side effects at that age can be these that you're mentioning. Mm. Somebody was mentioning maybe the person's just physically very weak and just have no clarity. Everything is possible. What I would recommend is that they speak to the medical doctor or whoever's in charge and see what they say. One more point um, on the first um, theory that you gave about the person getting older and things are changing. Is that just changing drastically from one day to the other? Because this person made a big change. They're always eating little, but now came a huge... Yes, that's exactly why I'm thinking it's more medication-based or the hormones or the parts of the brain that's not functioning as well. That's exactly why I'm thinking about it. If they would have had this on a serious level, they would have had it at 30, 40, 50, 60. But to completely stop, that's why I'm thinking along the medication-based or along other stuff. Otherwise, this would have happened at 40. 50, 60, not at 80, and no, what no, happens at 80 is telling me there might be other stuff years. going on. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for evening. bringing this up. We almost get no questions at all about the geriatric population and about the baby boomers, as we call them, that have to deal with that. So I uh, really appreciate the awareness. Harvness, and what, what do you say about this? I tell you, it's 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 uh, strange because I know that uh, I had uh, some close relatives that the same exactly the same issue, and uh, after leaving the hospital, lost the appetite and everything, and slowly, slowly, it's uh, the, with release. You know, with uh, you have a lot of alternative uh, additive, and it got it got back the the, the appetite, and uh, now is Baruch Hashem is uh, much much better. And they feel that they can do it themselves, you know, because some somehow they're getting like to a little stubbornness, you know, in this age appropriate, it's called that uh, they feel yeah. like they 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 feel that they don't they don't want to be dependent on other people, and this is puts yeah. them in a depressing. Yeah. But, but Hashem, we have now a lot of doctors and a lot of things that can be, and a lot of new product in the market that can just build again. The, the you know the uh, all the vitamin nutritions that they need it. Yes, yes. So true. Thank you for the call, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a nice evening. Excellent. Um, we got a message. Someone sent me a message on one of the things that maybe it's behavioral. Maybe she's striking by not eating. By not eating, like maybe that's why. 
but um, you know, like she's trying to throw a fit or try to tell the family I'm not happy about something, which is possible. But let's first go through the regular, um, regular channels. If she wasn't doing that or if that wasn't her type. All right, so again, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Who would you we'll say Mr. who K. is next on the line? Mr. K. Mr. K, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello, Mordechai? Yes. Okay, first of all, I want to thank you. You are incredible. You do so much. I um, hear this program, and I listen to your, sh- your show in Yiddish every week. Come arrest it. Thank so, you. Well, thank you. Your size is uh, not measurable. Wow. Baruch Hashem. I talk a hope so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm 60 now. Okay, yeah. Um, I live in Monroe. My first language is Yiddish, so I hope so you understand. understand. Um, yeah. Last year, I went into Yeshiva, and I, I was young. Um, I went to, to an older age. Because uh, when usually when they are 15, they go to Yeshiva Katana, the second age, and I went to the third age, third age because they said that I'm smart enough and I can go up the age. What happened is that I didn't have um, friends. From my old friends went to the other age, their the regular age. So I tried to to you know to make some friends with somebody. There was one boy I which which I. I'm, I'm, I met him once and twice, and it happened to a friendship between us. But the mm-hmm. problem was, um, maybe as, as an experienced um, therapist, you know the situa- this, this um, situa- situation that we were, we were too close. And we were sitting ten, like 10 hours in a day, me um, schmoozing. Okay, know? I'll tell you what. Let's go to your question. Instead of giving me history, can you tell me rather your question? The question is that now with that a fight happened between us, and yeah. he stopped talking to me, and he just ignored me. Okay. What's and yours now? What's your question? Then, when, then this year, we were friends again. No, no. What? No, not history. Month. Question. Question. First the question, then you'll give me history. What is your question? Let's get it straight. You have a I'm good friend. You guys are very close. I... You spend a lot of time together, and now he broke, you had a fight, and he broke it off. What's your question? I hear your question. I want you to ask my question. question. What's your question? That after spending so, um, so much time, I can't... Today I'm sorry, I you're breaking up. After spending so much time... With him. Everything I, yeah. everything I do throughout the day... The entire day is just thinking of him. When I stand up, it's thinking of him. When I'm when Let's I walk, stop. okay. Good. So to... your question again. So your question is, how do you now have? How can you forget about him? Yeah. Good. Very simple. Very simple. We've got this question a lot, and we have it with teenagers. And the answer is that what happens is, especially in the teenage years, that. We feel alone. Teenagers especially need to have friends. They base themselves based on how many friends they have and how well they learn, especially the boys. But it's not only about learning. It's very important to them about friendship, how they're connected to. So now what happens is if someone only has one friend, their whole life gets dependent on this one friend. That is why part of the main importance that we want to share and discuss and that we're creating awareness is that the way you'll forget about your friend is when you start making two and three other friends. Then you'll forget about this friend. If not, even when the friendship's over, you're a person that's starving, looking for friendship. You don't know how to make it, so you'll always go back to the old way. So but just to I, give you I already, a simple... I, what? I already found uh, a lot of other friends, but still, every time I see him, he's yeah. still in the same yeshiva that I am. Good. Well, when I Good. see him, the problem is mm-hmm. at home. I am alone. My, all my I had we we have can I know ten children, but they all married. And now, Ken, for let's stop a years, second. Let's let's clarify. If you're going to tell me why you can't do it, I I'll agree with you. There's a saying: if you believe you can, and if you believe you can't, you're right. So let's go back to you. You had a best friend. You connected very well, and now he doesn't want to be your friend. Yes. I'm not saying it's not painful. I'm not saying it's not hard. I want you to realize what I am saying. What I am saying is that we move on. 
And if you and yes, it takes years or months to build up to a friendship like you might have had. So let's understand, let's take the muscle to typing. When someone learns to type with ten fingers and they type very quick with two fingers, when you start using ten, they tell me, How could I go to ten? I'm so much slower than I was with two. And I tell you, I know that. But continue the practice, and then you will learn how to type a lot quicker with 10. And what you hopefully will learn from this experience is that if you have one best friend, everything is dependent on that one best friend, then when you lose that best friend, then your life or your emotions get taken over and you never feel anywhere. You feel alone. Let's understand this happens in business, where someone goes into partnership with a, with a partner. And they feel that while they might do technical stuff, or they can do a lot, but the partner is the creative one. If they're stuck in what the partner is doing and not focusing on what they are doing, then they will feel they could never leave the partner. If the partner ever leaves the partnership, they're worthless. Therefore, we want to build up and recognize what are your strengths. Does that make sense? Yes. But Again, so you're asking a teenager question. Now, it's now five or six months after after the story when when he wrote me a paper that um he doesn't want to be my friend anymore and uh, yeah. not just that but even he ignored me and showing me his back and that's right me what are, we're agreeing he doesn't want to be your friend move but on my question is not now how to 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 get a friend i'm not trying anymore to have a best friend because i have experienced two times whether no to stop you see you missed it because you need a best friend, you just did it in an unhealthy way. You stopped having a best friend, so you're thinking about the two relationships where you had a best friend. Yeah. You need to have best friends, just not one at a time. You need to create now two or three best friends. So if one of them should happen to not want to be your friend, you'll have two other ones. Mm-hmm. Are you okay. hearing what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So understand... A human being needs close friends. Teenagers need a lot of that, more than adults. Adults are focused on business. Adults are focused on learning. Adults are focused on their marriage. Adults are focused on their children. Teenagers value themselves based on how many friends they have and based how well they're learning and girls in what position they are in school, how many people are talking to them and all that stuff. If they're head of their GO, head of Chinuch, head of this, head of that. Boys are interested in learning, friends. That's it. And hack. For those that know what I'm talking about, Thursday night, how many people can they talk to at night and how many people are texting their phones, how busy they are? You need to have friends. Part of what the brain needs is good friends. And so then, if you don't make new friends, your brain's always going to be running back to the past. You know, I, I tried a lot of friends. My problem is um, I'm diagnosed with ADHD, and it causes me that I can't leave a person speaking for more than two minutes. I try to behave and to leave my friend speak, but it's, it's very hard, you know. It causes me, my brain runs, you know. By the way, the and number, the number to call in, for those that would like to ask a question, is 718 So, we're looking to get some more questions and callers. Go ahead. And also, someone asked for Komavasar in Yiddish, what number are my speeches? So I happen to speak, I happen to have some lectures that we give in Yiddish. It's also on Komavasar in section 323, for those that know their number. So, um, section 323. And it's on my phone line, 718-298-2011. It's on section 4. Okay. So... Okay, thank you. You're very, very welcome. So I want you to walk away feeling confident that you're good, you're successful, and you need friends. Don't be afraid to have them. Don't be afraid to make them. Okay. All right, thank you. And looking to have a couple of callers call now, 718-683-5858, You're listening to more time regarding Harvness, and... What do you say to that, Harvinist? You've got kind of a couple of kids, a lot of friends with kids. You know, I, I think that in the end, I I I had something that I I just uh, wanted to uh, to respond about it. He, he, he put himself, oh, I'm I'm HGAT and all this stuff. It doesn't, you know. I I wanted to ask him how he's learning, how he's learning, because it seems like a very intelligent person that gave ability right. to to uh, to put all together and. 
he bl- put himself down because you know I have I'm diagnosed like this and I'm the I don't think it's a, it's a right I think that he has just to work on his ability to create a more friends and more and it's no problem for to see it so we'll go uh okay we have uh, mrs. P okay all right mrs. P deal with Mordechai on radio uh, on on J radio Yes, taking my question. Um, I want to know how not to feel uncomfortable when I go outside now in the summertime watching my kids when um, most of my block is a small block and the neighbors formed a clique and the only neighbors that come out are the ones in the clique. And I want like... Ah, so let me ask you, have you sent a message? Hello? Have you sent me that message? Um, yeah, I've got several. Someone sending it several times that message. So it's a great. Sorry. So it's a great. It's a Today. great question. Let's understand your question. It's now summertime. Right. Women are out with their children. They're out a lot. So your issue is that let's say there's a clique of four or five women. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it when you're not included in that clique? Right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Now let's understand that this issue is not only an issue that adults have, it's issues that teenagers have, it's an issue that kids have. And let's recognize what's happening. When there is a clique, many times there are people that think alike. Many times there are people that they know each other for a long time. Right. And what's happening is a new person doesn't have the history, doesn't have the relationship with them. So we want to be able to, how do you connect? Number right. one. You can try being around them, inviting them over, just being around, and you might not create a friendship right away. It might take a year or six months or something like that. Step one. Step two, don't try to, people try to go to where there's already made click. I get that a lot when, you have, when parents ask me, how do you help their kid? They have a 10-year-old, and their class, there's a click. Usually what happens in the click is there are three kids. They are the leaders of the class. And the rest of the class means you can have a class of 25 kids. Three kids are the leaders. And then the other 22 are following that. What I tell people is instead of trying to get into a clique, why don't you make your own? All it takes is three, all it takes is three or four people to make a clique. Just do your own cliques. Mm-hmm. So now so I would ask you, on the block, the can you think of two women that you're going to hang around with like that me. will be your clique? For some reason now, you know, they're having babies and they're not available to come out. So I know I'm going to be stuck with a clique right now. Let's, 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 I would like you to give me two other options besides for this clique. What do you have? How can you be outside and not hang around that clique? So I want you to stop thinking out of the box. And just be, be on my own and just watch my kids without interacting. That's one option. Notice the two extremes. Ignore them or join them. Give me right. something else. Uh, maybe to go over to, to just one of them and just ask her to come near me. Okay, that's one of them. That's one option. Mm. Give me another option. Where else can you do? What else can you do? How about you try to get friends of yours to come over to yours? Say, why don't you come over today? Even an hour, not the whole time. See if you can get every day a different friend or one that you go over to others. When right. you're not these dependent are, these, these are on a clique, you feel empowered. Start thinking out of the box. You can do it. So these are married ladies. So I'm saying they're, they're busy throughout the day, and, and then in the afternoon they come out and they watch their kids. So, when, so I should be doing Notice work Notice again what you're doing. You're repeating to me the same problem. There's a saying, if you're thinking within the box, the situation isn't going to change. You want to change it. You've got to think out of the box. I don't know. <laughs> I understand your problem. Married women, you've got kids, you've got everything they're going at. i got it all. I'm asking you to come up with some ideas. How do you get out of it? This is what we do in therapy. And therapy is what's not about the problem. The problem is there. We right. want to know so how do you get out of it. I never dealt with clicks in high school. It feels like high school again. I don't really know. You like, are in high school again. Work. Welcome to high school again. You got that. Now, men I'm have saying, that when they, they go to schools. Men have that like, when they change. Men have work. when they change schools, when they move blocks. Everyone has this, making friends. I made especially chapter two in the book. I wrote the book Alive, a 10-step guide to a vibrant life. Did 10 of the most important sessions that I work with everyone. Each session that I did, I turned into another chapter. Chapter one is how to build your self-esteem. You know what chapter two is? Making new beginnings. Being in the new beginnings is one of the most important steps. That means that what I show and what we demonstrate in that chapter is people, when they're 
60s. Do you know how many people now in the Litvish world that they live, let's say, in Brooklyn, that Brooklyn is not that Litvish? Now they've got to move to Lakewood or to other areas where their kids are. Or how about adults where their parents, where the kids don't live next to them, and now they've got to move out of town to where their children are because they're older and they need help? Mm-hmm. New beginnings happen at every step of your life. You move to a new block, and you're now sharing this. How you've got to make new friends. There's now new cliques. Making new beginnings is part of life. If you master it as a kid, you master it as a teenager, you'll be easier when you're married. You don't master it as a, teen, as a kid. You don't master it as a teenager. You don't master it when you're newly married. You're going to have this when you're in your 50s, or you'll have it when you're 60s, and now you've got to move to a new area. Mm-hmm. So, Taco, so, so, then what's, so then what's an out-of-the-box idea? I'm ready to oh, learn. Oh, no, you see, you shifted it right back to me. What's an out-of-the-box idea? Let I me shift know. it right back to you. Go ahead. Tell me what's an out-of-box idea, how you can start learning what are lessons you didn't learn yet, how to connect, how to meet people, what are other options that you have. Go ahead. I don't know. I mean, maybe to figure out what they like to talk about and try to, like... Good. That's um, one. I'm trying to connect to them. I'm trying to get you out of that. You see how oh, focused you are on that them? click? Do you understand that out of a class of 25 kids, there are three mm-hmm. kids together and 22 kids try to join them? It's shocking to me that when mm-hmm. we think about it, why you can't get four or five kids getting together, you have a bigger click, and you'll have the whole class changing the other ones, and kids just don't do it. Until you get a healthy mother or father to teach the kid and get three friends to hang around together a couple of Sundays, a couple of times on Shabbos, and then there's a new click, and also the whole class shifts. Listen to what I'm trying to suggest to you. Stop thinking, how can you make your own click? Stop trying to join. Uh-huh. The whole world tries to follow. My son tells me that he has a principle that uses the word that caraboose, so one of those words. And caraboose is a type of a buffalo that it starts running and everyone just follows. Let's understand this concept. Let's stop trying to follow that three or four women. How many people are on your block? How many other women can you team up with? But there's no one else outside besides this clique. So let, let me ask you, can you come up? Let's, let's be a little creative. You're an adult. You have an adult yes. mind. What can you do? So, maybe, so then maybe I should call up a neighbor that's not part of the clique to come out when I'm coming out. Beautiful. And what happens if you prepared? How many neighbors are on the block that's not part of that clique? It's only nine families, so five are part of the clique. And I'm, so there's three others besides me, not part of the clique. Great. Now what happens if you set up with those three that we want to start creating our own clique? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you notice how you just started thinking out of the box? Right. What would happen if not only at those hours, let's say on Shabbos, you women make up when you're going to have your little click? Uh-huh. What happens then? Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure if I'm supposed to be creating a click, if that's the right healthy way. There so. is no right healthy way. Mm-hmm. I'm creating ideas. I don't, as we know, this radio program is only right. about awareness. I won't tell you what right. to do. I don't know what's going on in your right. life. I wasn't sure. it, I'm just sharing. When just... I'm creating the ideas, mm-hmm. people try to just follow those couple of people that did something. Right. This generation especially, it's sad that we are such followers instead, of, and we're afraid to be creative, we're afraid to take risks. Right. I find that also those people don't have as much opinion as me, let's say. So I see that I should just try to connect to people that are more open-minded and open to, like, just, you know, just meeting new people. Right. Harvinus, so what do you say to this? I think that number one is uh, to learn how to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not joking, you know. Sometimes we don't. We have, we have losing the ability to listen to other people, and yeah. we be, become so involved with ourselves and our opinion. And the lady said it that other people don't have another opinion like she has. Yeah, I think that it's time to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm rough. Very good. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Harvness, and appreciate that. We'll and we mi- are going to Mrs. Mrs. M. Oh, 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 Mrs. R. Mrs. R. Mrs. R. And the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your questions or your comments. As well as some people have asked, what's the number to my hotline number? I've made a free hotline number, Lil Nishmas, my father, where we've gotten section 168 Shiorim. We've got in Section 6, I think we're holding by question 714 that we did today. There's over 700 daily questions and answers. We've got on Section 2, daily motivational quotes, where I just share.
share a daily quote and give a little explanation for about a minute or less. So it's pretty interesting. We've got also programs where I do Yiddish questions and answers with the co-host. So that's also nice to do, and they play that on Kolmavasar. So there's a lot going on there at Little Nishmas, my father, and to be able to create a healthy awareness. We have programs, recordings of me and her of Nissen, which is always an honor, and to see the thousands of people that listen to it on my phone line, those that listen to it through the radio, those that listen to it through jradio.com, the downloads. We can see the amount of hundreds of people that we have downloading it every week. So it's a beautiful opportunity for those that would like to know. That number is 718-298-2011, 718-298-2011. But we are now going to Mrs. R. Yeah, hello. Yes, Hi. Yeah, Hi. First of all, thank you so much for them. all your insightful comments. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. And, okay, so my question is like this. Um, is there ever a time and a place to apologize to a child that you think you did something wrong to them? Um, let me ask the question. Is there, almost, is there ever a time not to apologize to a child? Let's go the other way. Why would you think you don't apologize to a child? Because, basically, it's a very, like, I know you don't like so many details, but it's a very, very long saga with a child that I feel like maybe at the time I thought I was doing the right thing, but now, you know, years down the line, I'm wondering if I did the right thing, and the child is really suffering the consequences. But, like, you know, when I apologize to him, then I'm admitting that I did something wrong. Harvinison, can you help me out on this? So let's understand her question. Her question is... If you apologize to a kid, if you apologize to a kid, that means you're admitting you did something wrong. And uh, why, why, why you think that, uh, first of all, I, I don't see, we are parents, we are human, we are not robots, we don't ever, we are not right. Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. Yes, we're doing mistakes with our children, a lot. And I think that they deserve the uh, apology and to explain, maybe, maybe the situation was, but also, so, uh, you know, what's wrong with this? I don't see any, any problem. You know, I think that the, our kids learn to understand the power of apology and to understand that we're doing mistakes. And so we can are I not explain mistaken. a little more detail then? Okay. Um, let's just stop a second. Before you go into detail, do you feel that, let's just, go, let's just start with basic theory. Do you believe that it's okay to apologize to a kid and do you believe it's healthy? I do believe overall, you know, it is a healthy thing to apologize if you know you did something wrong. On the other hand, at the time when I did it, it felt very right what I was doing. So why do you have to apologize? Because, okay, so let me just get a little bit more detail. Basically, um, it's, it's a long story. There's an illness in the family, and one child was going downhill, and someone gave me a suggestion. We're talking about Rabbanim Askanim, not like small people to send him away, and I ended up sending him to a family. He was all of 11 years old, and the family didn't let me talk to him for three years. And now it's a few years later, so in the beginning when he first came home, he was very, very upset, and, you know, he was, had a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder, and we spoke about it a question. lot. And now, Hold on. When you brought him back, did you have a therapist that understands how to put a family together when a kid was sent away from the house for three years, no contact at all with parents? <laughs> So we try. We well. I definitely. I, I was in touch with therapists all along. No, the problem not is when he came touch, back. Was there a therapist helping? Was there a therapist you had where a son, you had to send away from your house at nine years old? You didn't speak to him for three years. That means he is now twelve years old, being brought back to the family. Was he just dumped back? Hi, hi, Monta. You guys threw me away when I was nine years old. Now I, I, I love you, and you love Basically, me. Basically, that's what happened. Is that exactly you saw what will happen? So let's stop a second. That that's not how it goes. Reintegration takes a process. Right. So the family he was by refused to let there be a process. So basically from one day to the next, the family just threw him out, sent okay. him to a different family, and that family said no problem. He could go home. So he just came home. That's basically how it Okay. Happened. So now next question. How long is he home already? So basically, so the numbers are drop off. It started at 11. I know. 14. I don't want to tell now you. I want to keep 18. your information now private. I don't want three like years. to share this publicly. Fine. It's, three it's, years. So three years. So to rate three years that he's home. Right. Now let's understand. So what you're finding is that even though you're apologizing for what you did, you're you're feeling you're feeling that it might be wrong to apologize too many times. Is that what you're saying? No, I feel like the reason why I'm asking this is because I feel like when I did it at the moment, I 
thought there was a need for it. I saw him sliding, and this is what Askanim and Rab- like big Rabbanim told me to do this. So at that time, it felt like the right thing. But now he says to me, like, you know, where were you all those years? Why don't you just come by and see how I was doing? I was a little kid, and one asking forced me to change my phone number, so he couldn't even reach me. He's like, why did you change your phone number? And all these questions. Let he me wants ask you know. a question. Sorry, sorry for me changing the... I hope it doesn't sound like I'm too insensitive. I'm just... My, my mind is trying to figure things out. Since he's back three years, has he gone to any therapist? I tried a few times. He refuses to go. No. Have you gone to a therapist? Yes. Good. Now, what has your therapist guided you? By the way, can you stop a so, second? I just got over here a message. I think it's a cute attack. Ravnison, can I read the message? Uh, yeah, definitely. That's why I think that's okay, very Okay, can you stay cute. patient? Because I'd like your opinion on this. Listen <laughs> to this attack that me and Nissen just got. Um, your show sounds absurd to me. You don't sound like a therapist. Anyone who calls, you tell them to tell you two ways to solve the problem. Or you are Ravnison, yell at them. I haven't heard you solve one problem yet. If you were there to help people and help them stop telling people to think of their own ideas, everyone would rather listen to music than you making believe you're a therapist and not even solving problems. <laughs> Do you feel that by you, let's say, Mrs. R, that you're on, that we're not helping you or starting to have you come up with your own ideas? I wouldn't have called. I've been listening for many months. And I wouldn't have called you if I felt like there wasn't a problem, and definitely you don't attack. There's not even a question about that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's cute, I guess, people that are listening, how, how it sounds to others. Okay. Um, so let's go back to, to the question. Your son, let's understand what your son, oh, my little ADHD is kicking in. Let's go two ways. Can I first answer your question, then I'm going to go to your details. The question is, are you allowed to apologize to your kid? Right. There I mean, if I felt like at the time it was right, and now... Before we apologize, we need to listen to what they are saying. And the concept in communication and therapy is called validating and understanding. What validating means is, just to give you an example, let's say a kid would tell me, I'm so angry, everyone got a toy but me. Before you start going, well, that's because you didn't clean up the room, so now they're upset, so you don't really don't love me. So what's happening is they sent a message, everyone got a toy, you right away responded to their question, saying the reason why you didn't get the toy is because you didn't clean up, and they'll say, you don't love me. What do you mean? Of course I love you. I answered your question. You said you didn't get a toy, and what I told you is you would have gotten a toy had you done your job. What we've discovered is very interesting. And what we've discovered, and this, this is called in communication and all those levels, it is about finding and discovering a way to speak. And what's interesting is when you speak, they don't, people don't even need to get their answers. Listen to what I'm going to say. What they've discovered is that most children and even adults don't need to get their way. What they first want to feel is understood, that they're important and they mean. Which means, imagine your son tells you, Tati, I'm so upset, everyone got a toy and I didn't. Before you go, oh, you didn't clean up, watch this. So you're angry, you want to get their emotion. You feel neglected. What do you feel? Just asking, what do you feel by not getting the toy? And then the kid will tell you, you know what I feel? I feel you don't care about me. And then instead of saying, but we do, go, why do you feel we don't care about you? I just told you because you got a toy. Wow, isn't it just this one time? And then they'll tell you, no, there are three other times. Once I cleaned up and you didn't buy me a toy, and when this one cleans up, you buy him a toy. And now you're getting to the underlying issue. So you tell them so you're feeling neglected, you're just mirroring, you're reflecting, you're repeating their words, and you're asking, is there more times that you find this? And then you validate, wow, so you're saying, it must really hurt you thinking that I like the other kids more than you. Just doing mirroring and validating is amazing how people feel better and how they get better. In fact, some people laugh at therapy. They go, they didn't say anything, but in therapy, just doing that changes the entire level. Means... You can have a kid talk, repeat, adults, what's bothering you, over and over, just this little process. So you're feeling neglected, you're feeling a failure, yeah. Is there all the time you feel like a failure? Yeah, in school. And I also feel like a failure at home, and I feel like my wife doesn't respect me. And then finally, and is there more places? Yeah, and then my brother will say something, and my wife listened to that, but not to me. Where else did it happen? At work, I make a recommendation, my partner makes a recommendation, and the secretaries right away, when I say they don't move right away, and when the, my partner says they jump right away. I feel worthless all over. 
And then you go, is there anywhere else? Or I understand how that makes, yeah, that would also make me feel that way, validating it. And they go, oh, wow, I feel so much better without saying a word. I wonder if your son first just needs a little mirroring and validating. Means let him get it out. See, he might be saying, do you know how hard it was those three years? And, when the, and does it bother you anymore or feel neglected? Yeah. And that family even told me, you hate me. You don't like me. And then you might say, did anything more happen? Yeah, I used to daven at night. Every Rosh Hashanah, please bring my parents back. And when Hashem didn't send it, I figured you're probably davening. You don't want me. You might be shocked if you would get them to express all the feelings without explaining, without even apologizing, mirroring, repeat what they said, and then saying, wow, I could really see that bothers you, and then is there more? Mm-hmm. You might be shocked at the stories of the trauma. Many times people go to me as a therapist, and they tell me, how did you get all the secrets out of my son or out of my daughter? Mm-hmm. And it's so simple. I just asked. Instead of jumping to an answer, you just ask, and what else is going on? A simple mirror, reflect it. So this and this is what happened. And how did you feel? Usually try to get a feeling, and I felt neglected, abandoned, angry. And you say, that makes a lot of sense to me. I would also feel that way, or it makes sense to feel that way. Or sometimes you would say, I would have even felt angry, or I would have felt alone, or I would have felt fear. They go, yeah, I felt that too. And then, what else did you feel at that time? I wonder if you can have your son express those three years of fear, doubt, anger, neglected. You'll even get to the places where he even blamed himself and thought it's his fault. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, that's... for three years, like he has been venting. Like I even like use the term like emotional vomit, almost like I felt like that's right. Those you know, like it came out, it came out. So, so now a little bit, I feel like it's getting a drop manipulative because you know he's a teenager, and then he'll tell me, "But my, you ruined my life, so therefore you have to do this for me and that for me." So then I wonder. And here's maybe where we're going back into the manipulation part, which means let's understand something. There's a reason why you sent him away for three years. Right. All right? Which means you might need to learn. I'm getting a lot of messages over here on my own that are like uh, my things besides from our and telling me that those that understand saying it sounds a little bit like a personality disorder, narcissist, which is I don't want to judge. We're not doing that, but where the person's in the blame game. And that's where you need to be in therapy, how to be at ease and how to be comfortable, how to say, sorry, we speak differently, be more assertive. Go maybe to a family therapist together with your son and saying, we've got to work this out. Not sending him to therapy or not you going to therapy together with your son. Three, four sessions and actually communicate it out. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on, and I didn't even ask, and I don't want you to share publicly why you had to send away your kid at nine years old for three years, and he's coming back and doesn't sound like things are much easier or much better. Right. Not at all. I regret, that's why exactly. I feel like yeah. now I regret it. Then it felt like the right thing. It was. You're allowed to do the right thing. And regret is something that you're going to learn in life. I mean, not learn. You're learning that, yes, regret doesn't build. But we can learn from the mistakes. And maybe creating mm-hmm. this awareness, sharing with people listening, don't send away your kid for three years. Don't send away your Never. kid unless you speak to the real G'dayim. I'm using the word Askanim. I, I always am very for Askanim. No, there were real, real G'dayim. And officially also a letter went to a Gadol Hadar, but it was penned by people writing it in a, in a certain way without, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes if someone writes a letter a certain way, they're going to get the, like if someone, if you write a letter that someone's in terrible sakana, of course the person's going to say, well, get the mad at sakana. The question is who's the one to judge what's called a sakana That's right, not. and that's usually where they ask for a top therapist that does it. I would never make a call like that. I consider myself a pretty good therapist, contrary to the message of the person, <laughs> and um, I would never make a decision to take a kid out of a house. I don't mm-hmm. feel I, I don't feel that's in my care to do. Mm-hmm. So, I, what I would recommend is if you can have a session or two with your son at the therapist and let that therapist see what's going on. Are you being able to be pushed around a little? Do you need to develop a little bit more spine, a little stronger back, and say, "Let's get over it now," or do the mirroring and get it out? There might be a lot going mm-hmm. on there. I could try. The only thing is, is that he's very. Um distrustful of people, so, you know, based upon the fact of what he I'll, went through. I'll tell you, I'm do, we're now in the middle of a parenting workshop. I'll just tell you my issue that I'm hearing you all along. And in the first workshop, we try to identify who's the parent. And everyone was like, well, of course I'm the parent. I'm the <laughs> physical parent. He's the child. And I go, no, who's the emotional parent? Do you see how you can't get him to a therapist? He, it's all about what he will do. 
We need to right. change roles. You are the parent. You're the general. You need to get stronger in your role. He's going to go for therapy. The question is, how are we going to get him? Mm-hmm. So that's why I still recommend, sounds like your kid is able to control you and manipulate you. It looks like he was doing it before he was, before he was sent away at 9 and after he's back. Mm-hmm. We need you stronger. For you to lead, for you to be a general, a general can't go, well, my soldiers won't follow me. Then you're not a general. Right. But chinuch doesn't end at a certain point. Like once kids reach like a certain adult age, you still... No, it doesn't. No, let's not go down that mm-hmm. path. In fact, I'll even show you there's an amazing Gemara Masechtas Kedushan. I think it's Daf Lamed Aleph. I'm pretty sure it's Daf Lamed Aleph. I'll ask my sons in the room. Let me get the Gemara over here. And the Gemara says an interesting thing. Do you know when it says chinuch? And there's a machlaikas if it's from 16 to 22, or from 18, or from 18 to 20 to 24. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that chinuch? There are different levels. Yes, the father says Baruch Shepatroni. However. However, here it is. It's the Gemara Daf Lamed, Amar Aleph. Amar Ravel Rav Nosson Barami. Aditcha al Savari Devarech. As long as you have your hand, you have like your hand by the neck of your son's throat, that you got to be a machanach. When is that? The Gemara says Mishitzer from sixteen, Vat Esther Vatarti from sixteen to twenty-two. Amrlan. Some say Mitamni Sari from eighteen at Esther Vaarba to twenty-four. Ketanoi. And this machloek is which to which years we're talking about chinuch. So it says Machlaikas Tanoim that we know the famous words in Mishlei Chanoich Lenar Al Pidarkoi. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nechemia, there's a Machlaikas Chad Amar from 16 to 22. V'Chad Amar Tamni Sari Ad Esrim Va'Arba from 18 to 24. Let's understand that it's extremely important. We have the power, a Gemara, to be Machanich and Chanoich Lenar Al Pidarkoi. That hold it's not from zero to thirteen. And then you say, Baruch Shabbatani, it's actually from 16 or from 18 to 22 or to 24. Gemara Masech, this Kedushan, Daf Lamed, Amar Aleph, for those that would like to look at it inside. Now, just a couple of positive shout-outs. Here we go, that people have sent through. Shout-out, we support Mordechai and Rav Nissim. Thank you. Another message, I don't agree with that person that sent in that text at all. Your show is so amazing. Don't take it to heart. I thank you all for the positive feedback. Thanks for the support. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. So, okay. okay, let us go ahead, and we've got a couple of people. Who yes. do we have on? Uh, we, we lost a couple of them, but so we have... Uh, we had uh, them, Mrs. and we lost them. Mrs. M. Mrs. Hi, M. Hi, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Harav Nissim, first of all, what do you say to that? I'm, I'm sorry for... You know, just hold on. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so definitely I'm, I'm like the wrong person. I've never called into your hotline yet. This is the first time. So Welcome. I'm sure you're first amazing. And it's nice very, very interesting. Very and it might be a start of a new tradition at the moment. But I've not, this is the first time I've called. So Go I definitely ahead. agree um, very much with all the shout-outs. And um, I definitely support your work. It's, not, it's such a special thing that people can call in and ask a question. You know, sometimes you have a situation where you want to react, and then you think, hey, maybe I should, I think, you know, people can think, maybe I should call him Mordechai Weinberger first, ask him his opinion, and then, you know, sometimes you're just going to help, and that's it. It's, it's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is a nice close to hear that. Thanks. So I have a general question. Uh, it's not a general question, but I think a lot of people are going to relate to such a question. Um, Go ahead. As you have previously answered a, um, a caller about neighbors, so... I have a question like this. What if I have a neighbor that, um, I have a five-year-old daughter, and she is um, very into, like, being mechanich, my daughter. She, she's all the time, like, if she sees something is wrong, that my daughter does something, she's going to um, make her aware of this. Um, especially today, just to give you an example, my daughter, she has a daughter the same age. So today she came to, um, my daughter went with a friend up to my house. Now, I can't tell you for sure 100% what exactly happened as opposed, you know, whatever the case is, her daughter was not invited to my house, which I'm, you know, I'm taking some blame. I don't think that's normal. I don't think, I mean, not normal. I, actually, I think that's normal. Mistakes I don't happen. think that's, Mistakes that's happen. amazing. No, that's she doesn't right. have to work on herself. She's five years old. Please, you know, understand that. So my daughter went, um, she came upstairs. I was downstairs with my kids. My daughter was upstairs herself with her, you know, with, with her friend. 
she came upstairs, she came into my house, and she yelled at my daughter so long that my daughter had an accident on the spot. She never, she has never done that. Just yeah. she was so so scared. She told her, "You're ne- you can never do this again. You can never dis, you know, this includes my daughter." And this is not the first time she did it. My yeah. question is basically, when you have somebody yelling at your daughter, do I mix in? I, I really. I've never done this. I I don't like to um, mix into. I don't think. I think kids have to fight their own battles. I'd like to hear your opinion about this. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. You got me triggered. You're going to have a five-year-old fight. Let's say a thirty-year-old. How? That's not fair. Fight your own battles as a five-year-old with a five-year-old. And even that, I disagree with. How a kid's supposed to fight if we don't teach them the appropriate ways of fighting? One hundred percent. I agree with you. My question is: We don't teach people is, the appropriate ways of fighting with time respect. and place that somebody crosses the border and that you do have to pick up a phone and say something? Of course you have to. In fact, I would tell that lady very nicely. I'd call her up and tell her, I want you to go over to my daughter. I want you to apologize to her. And if, if you're the parent, I want you to tell your child, I will protect you and I'm sorry that I didn't do that then. And together, are you going to hear you call her up and you have your daughter listen so she knows she's protected and she is safe, that adults cannot push her around? Absolutely not. And if you tell her if someone does that again, you tell me, even if it's a teacher doesn't mean you'll take the daughter's right over a teacher, but your daughter needs to know she's protected. So basically, um, you're, listen, you're, you're teaching minute. your daughter that I'm not going to mix into your fight or your battle. However, if something compromises your security, I will. At all times, there's a way to do something that's appropriate. So you, I, you see, I, I was in a way brought up with this way that Kids have to fight their own battles. Fight your own battles. Wow. Never, ever, ever mix in. You fight That's why I'm, person, I'm so hesitant. I, I, I wouldn't do anything. Can you fight your own battles? Like, I wouldn't even do anything except... Let me ask you, if a robber comes into your house, are you supposed to fight your own battle, or there's a police force for that? There's a what? Are you supposed to... If there's a robber in your house are you, with a gun, are you supposed to fight them, or are you supposed to call police? Uh, you're supposed to call police and fight them? Why? Fight your own battles. <laughs> the answer is it has to be appropriate. A five-year-old cannot fight a battle with a 30-year-old that's yelling at them. That's not age-appropriate. And a five-year-old with a five-year-old, they need to be taught how to feel safe. That's called bullying. That's called using your power, your age, your strength, your size, everything. Even if my daughter wasn't 100% on the right, I'm not it's 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% on 100% wrong. It's not even. Let the mother yell at you, that's even, and you will even the playing field, and then you can discuss it with your daughter. An adult 30-year-old yelling at a 5-year-old is not even. And I, I want to that's abusive. I want, I want to say something that from our experience that it can be traumatic for the kids and can affect a long time. You know, I would say that as a parent, as to stand behind their daughter, and stand, you know, and ask the person to apologize and ask them to the, and you know what? This is really something that's overpower and it's not belong to the, the, to the system. And nothing to do, you know. I don't, I, I saw a lot of tragic uh, uh, kids that getting suffered traumatic from a person what's yelling at them and, you know, it's not, it's not fair game. That's right. And we hear stories when kids were just three years older than them bullying them. Here you have an adult to a five-year-old girl where she had an accident, which she's never had since she's trained. I hear, no, it's ridiculous. I, I agree with uh, of you. Course, I mean, I would in a way, you, you would think that, that you these people are not emotionally healthy or something. I'm very disturbed or perturbed, if you'd like to use a fancier language. I am perturbed. By the way, you've spoken to my daughter. It's not acceptable. You do not speak to her that way. She had an accident because of the way you spoke to her, and I expect you to apologize. We can work it out later how your daughter was treated. But, this, but two wrongs do not make a right. My daughter made a mistake. You don't speak to her that way, and you never speak to her that way. And before we continue any relationship going on, you're first going to apologize. And when you apologize, you're not going to tell I'm sorry for that but. No buts. You're going to call up and apologize like an adult and say it will never happen again. Number one. And then the next day, if you want to discuss what happened with your daughter, you can do that. Right now, it's pure apology. I was wrong. I had no reason to do that. Feel safe, and I will never do it again. That is the apology. I, I hear you. I, even though it would be very hard for me, I'm more of a people pleaser type of that's person. Right. I, I hate that's confrontations. Why we want to teach but you know what? You, 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 you want to do something. Your daughter you do feeling something. safe that mommy can't protect me. And if mommy can't protect me, then at least let Tati protect me. 
and have your husband pick up that call to that lady, but I want your daughter to hear it. I want your daughter okay. to hear that there's a mommy and a tati that will protect me. You might be able to do it on your own, but you can't lie to her and tell her you did it when you didn't do it. Otherwise, you're going to mess everything up. It has to be honest. All right, Rav Nissen yeah. just sent the message that we're minus a minute already, overtime. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. I'd like I to really thank appreciate everyone for calling. I'd like to thank you. I hope this little and you've message got a new, you've got a new caller to the line, so make sure you what? add more lines because more people are going to call. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Hashem. Maybe we'll continue, go a little later. Just want you to realize Rav Nissen comes in all the way, stays late, goes away from his family. At least I'm doing it from my house remotely in Lakewood, but he does that. So every week, thank you, Rav Nissen, and to your amazing family for giving up time of you away. Thank you very much. And thanks. Yep. Thank everyone for calling in. Appreciate it. I wish this call, maybe call up next week first, because there's a lot we need to spend in to create an awareness for parents to protect the children, let them feel safe and confident. Yeah. Thank you very much. And a good night to all of these listeners.